Yo, 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 yo. What up? What up? What up, Dunn? Uh-huh. <laughs> what up? What up, Dunn? Speak the Dunn language. You know what I'm saying? Peace, God. The peace, to, peace to the gods on the whole earth. You know what I'm saying? Peace to the gods on the earth. You know what I'm saying? What up? What up? Welcome back. This is a new episode of You Watching or Nah. I'm Kurt. I'm Marcus. And we are here to give you another fine, fun dose of entertainment for your ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or episode number 14. Yeah. Catorce. Oh, shit. You nailed oh, you it. ain't know. <laughs> oh, nigga. shit. Out here for the Spanish mommies. <laughs> Como se llamas? Ven aquí. Dame beso, mamita. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> God damn, boy. Ooh, Latin lady lover, nigga. I'm moist. But don't <laughs> don't get it fucked up though, because I I like all of y'all, black girls, uh, Spanish girls, white. Girls. I don't know about the white girls, but yeah, I'm down to give it a shot. You know what I'm saying? Let I got you. <laughs> What's up, man? Um, What's up? How's your week, been, not, brother? It's been good, man. It's been good. Um, Monday Memorial Day, I went to the Wizards game. I touched on it in our last episode, episode 13 of You Watching or Not, available on all streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, um, We won the game. Prompted me to think that the Wizards should put me on the payroll because like, when I go to the games, they'd be winning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they didn't, and then they went to Philly and got their ass whooped then. <laughs> <laughs> They're eliminated now. So, but so that was my first time in like a big social. You know, I went to a wedding on the last episode. Yeah, went to a game this week, so I feel like yeah. And I was a little shook there. There's some white people in front of me that I was about to slap the shit out of because they kept like standing up and playing musical chairs and shit. Is pissing me and my father off, right? Like, we, me and my dad was mad, and um, he's reformed now. I think I don't think he's as much reformed as he's just old and he knows he can't shoot the fair one like he would have back in the day. <laughs> so. But um, they didn't have their mask on, and they was drunk and talking. It was making me a little nervous. Everybody else in there had their mask on. You know what's funny is, like, as you're telling me about being at the game and, like, the people in front of you kept standing up, I'm thinking about, like, when I used to go to Sonics games or, for the most part, when I used to go to M's games, it's all sitting down. But mm-hmm. at, the Har- at the Seahawks games, nobody is sitting down. The entire oh, I- stadium is standing up for the entire three-plus hours. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like when I watch it on TV, I feel like you guys only sit down during the commercial timeouts. Like, y'all don't sit down at all. (laughs) Or like, yeah, commercial timeouts in between quarters and shit. Um, The last time I went to a Mariners game, it was like the summer before COVID. Mm -hmm. And me and my wife had seats, but we didn't actually go to our seat. We just... We went to like the beer garden on field level, like right in a line with the foul with the foul line. And we just hung there the whole time. And it was actually really fucking fun with no kids yeah. not sitting in the seats. Yeah, no, that's the Safeco field for, for it's not Safeco no more. Though, T-Mobile Park. T-Mobile Park now. When I lived up there with Safeco, that field is one of the most friendly, fan-friendly fields. Like, yeah. I remember me and Adam went one time and we walked in like by the by the dugouts. I'm not mm-hmm. the dugouts, by the bullpens. Yeah. And um dude finished warming up and the catcher just stood up and was like, hey kid, and I looked over, he just threw me a ball. Like no bullshit. Like some shit <laughs> out of a movie. I was like, holy shit. I was yeah. hyped. Um so yeah. How how's your week been, man? 
man, I've been, uh, I've been on edge, man. I've been like real irritable by a lot of shit. I, it was like, it, like any, any and everything was setting me off, kind of putting me in a place, but she was all right. I went, I went to, I went and saw my counselor, uh, yesterday. He helped me identify what my one problem was. Cause like my, my shit is like, I have one problem. And then like, if I don't address that problem, I just start seeking conflict and everything. Yeah. So it's out on you. Yeah. So he helped me identify what that one issue is. And I think, I think I should be straight. It, now it's just figuring out how I want to approach that, That's that good, one man. issue. Um, That's big. Your hair looks like you stressed out. I'm gonna keep it real with you. Oh man, I uh, you know, it looked good. Just, you just last time though it was curly as shit. You was looking sexy. I was gonna ask you for your number and shit. You know, what I'm saying? I, I forget what I did last time. I don't know. I, I just yeah, allow me to express myself man. aerodynamically. <laughs> <laughs> it was like who's this sexy mountain of a man on the other side? Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. And then, and then, you know, I told you a funny story. I got caught by my, uh, by my son. He's 13, almost 14, got caught pounding it out. And, uh, he mm. was upset with me for, for about a half a day, but we're, we're straight now, but that was a funny ass story. I'm going to keep it mad. Uh, I'm keep it mad. I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm a little mad at you for disclosing that because your son listens That's to fine. the podcast. No, it's not fine. <laughs> you, you keep making my man relive that. Shouts to, shouts to my nephew, Dane, man. Uh, look, him having a, <laughs> me shouting it out on the podcast ain't worse than what he walked in on. <laughs> what did you what? So you we've been we've documented this plenty of times on the show. We've been best friends since we were about 12 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. So you tell you told me I'm pretty sure I'm probably one of the first people that you told about the situation. Yeah. And I called you the next day to get the whole story. And we're <laughs> not going to go into the whole story. But when you, <laughs> when you when you explained to me what was happening, yeah, you said this wasn't. I said this was not no sexual education photograph. This nigga walked in on some blackraw.com shit. <laughs> Yo, shout out to blackraw.com. Sponsor us because we we're poor, so we don't care. Like we'll take any sponsorship. You know, what we'll I'm take saying? the dirty money. We don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, we don't give a fuck, man. Look. I, you know, if we're to write him out, we might star in a joint for y'all. You know what hey, I'm saying? Hey, hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we're not above it, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, shit, man. Uh, we shouted it out at the end of last episode, but what are we watching, Kurt? This week we are watching the Hood Cult Classic, <laughs> uh, 1998's Belly. Hell yeah. Um, this movie was released in 1998, November 4th, 1998. It stars DMX. Rest in peace to DMX. We shouted him out on the previous episode, like right after he passed away. Mm-hmm. But let's give another quick shout out to DMX, man. Rest in peace to DMX. Um, Hell yeah. Condolences Long to live his family the dog, and everybody. Yeah. The dog is like, you know, I was really, this film made me really happy watching it and i'll explain why as we get into it okay but i i thought this was just a good you know i, I think this might have been his first movie i think it was i think it was his first movie the first and, of many he had a he had he, a pretty decent acting career he did pretty well in this movie i'm gonna keep it real late i was i it was good but anyway 
So, um, 1998's Belly. Ever since they were kids, Sincere, Nas, and Buns, DMX, have lived life close to the edge, doing whatever it takes to survive. As adults, they build up their kingdom of crime on drug dealing and robbery. But Sincere grows weary of the criminal lifestyle and joins a black... Wait, this ain't right. (laughs) Says he joins a black Muslim religious group. Buns, on the other hand, sinks deeper into criminality and faces serious prison time. The cops offer him a deal. We're going to leave it there because this is just the whole movie. We'll leave it there. That's not right, y'all. Most of it's right. It's not all the way right. Most of it's right. Most of it. So I should have proofread that before I put it out. My fault, y'all. Won't happen again. It's all good. It's all good. What you got about this movie, Marcus? Um, so this was directed by the iconic music video director, Hype Williams. Can we take a quick second? Let me stop you real quick. Can we take a second? Because I know like Dame listens. Um, my nephew Cochise listens. We got a lot of young. I got some. Shout out to my British homies who posted us on. Oh, uh, shit. Reposted us on IG. They listen. So you, we're old. So we know. Uh, you guys might not know. Hype Williams was was the rap video director. Like your favorite rap videos if that you guys have never seen, but you go back and look them up. Our favorite rap videos, they probably directed most of them. Mm-hmm. He was like the hottest director for probably like a good 10-year run, right? So I looked it up. He's got two, I think it was 271 music video directorial credits. That is crazy. Yeah. If you crazy. wanted a crazy music video that that was that was going to get you noticed on like BET or MTV when music videos was popping, that's the guy you went out and got. Believe he did Missy's I Can't Stand the Rain. He did. He yeah, he did. Man, I Busters put your hands where my eyes can see. Like very iconic that rap was a crusher. Yeah. Um, yeah. I started to look up a list, but I was like, man, I'd, I'll be sitting here for 30 minutes just naming off all the good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll leave um, mine at that, too, that I know off the top of my head. But yeah, Hype was a monster. Um, and then it was written by Hype Williams, um, Nas, and a dude named Anthony uh, Anthony Bowden. Um, this movie was also Hype Williams' one and only... Um, film directorial credit, which I did not know uh, until I looked that up. I, I had always just assumed that he did something else, mm. but I guess not. Um, and then, as you said, stars Nas, uh, DMX, um, Tion T. Boz Watkins from uh, mm-hmm. from TLC. Yeah. All <laughs> again for the youngins. That was a uh, legendary R and B female triplet. And one T. Boz is one of my early crushes as well like one of my wives from when i was a kid i was like i need her and then uh and then also stars uh terrell hicks yes who i didn't know who it was till after the movie all of these years like until i just watched it uh and we'll get into that or yeah, you want to talk about it now um yeah let's go ahead let's go ahead all right so she she first of all i think she is stunning like a beautiful chocolate specimen personally mm-hmm. You know, is my I did not know, however, she is and you you haven't I don't think you're very up on this movie. You know about it, but you're not up up on it. Um she was the love interest of the main character in a Bronx Tale. Yeah, we talked about Bronx Tale. I haven't seen it. 
We talked about. Oh, you haven't seen? It? I thought you just didn't know. Like you didn't remember it. You never no. saw it? No, I never saw Bronx Tale. Love the. I love. I love the movie, but it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's not that good of a movie. <laughs> but um. But no, she's uh she's in that movie and she's pretty. But she, you know, she's a beautiful, beautiful woman in my opinion. I really enjoy looking at her. T. Boss as well too. So I agree. I agree. Um, and then a a, a couple of pretty interesting things about this movie that I did not know. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Z was originally considered for the role of Sincere. I saw that. Oh, so it was Sincere. Yeah. Okay, because when I, when I read, it just said for the lead role. Yeah, he was originally he was originally considered for the role of sincere, and then he was beat out by Nas. So he tried out for it. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, all of the weed smoking in this film is Israel. authentic. Yes. Which leads to, <laughs> which leads to the next pretty interesting thing that I found out. Uh, yes. This movie was wrought with issues. Um, the studio and hype kept going back and forth over budget. Um, they were overrunning time constraints. And then the majority of the acting talent was consistently showing up to set late, high, drunk, all sorts of issues. So this movie took a lot of time to, to get done. Um, and then uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the houses and vehicles in the in the movie are are the rappers actual houses and oh, houses and oh, cars. That's a good so, one. Yeah, so like the white the white Range Rover at the end of the movie, that's that's mm-hmm. Nas's whip. Mm-hmm. Um and then um icon that iconic white house that they hang out at, um, that is DMX's house. One of, it was one of DMX's houses in Miami. Wow. Yeah. In Miami. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So Okay. All right, you ready to dive into this? Let's do it all right so before we really really get into it i cannot i don't i couldn't find this movie to stream anywhere without paying for it mm-hmm. i didn't want to pay for it because i own it and i wasn't sure what the quality would be like if i streamed it yeah i watched it on dvd not blu-ray the quality was disgusting y- yeah so i watched it in hd on cinemax mm-hmm. and it's not much better. It, it, this this looks like one of the movies that like Artisan was just like, yeah, we're not re we're not reprinting this or reformatting this. Yeah, I've, and I really wish that they would, you know, just because like, as far as the cinematography in this movie, yeah, some really cool, interesting things that go on. Oh yeah, we're gonna get into that. So that I, yeah, we're definitely so I buckle in, guys. This is probably going to be a really long episode. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I have a special edition that was kind of reissued. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on my version, I didn't remember this. It starts with a spoken word by DMX as a kid. Did that, was yours yeah. like that too? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I didn't know if that was like an extra scene. I didn't think it was, but I was like, I don't remember this shit. All right. So the movie starts with the spoken word by DMX. He's a kid saying he sold his soul to the devil. He's making like some Ouija board shit on the ground with chalk. Burning money. Burning money. Cuts to present day. And I am willing to step out on the limb and say this is the most iconic movie opening scene ever. Um, I definitely put it as one of the best movie intros. Now, I, I have no problem with that because you've seen damn near every movie created. So <laughs> that's fine. But I, I will say this, though. I will, I will second it. I'll double down with this. This is the most 
iconic opening of a black movie. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's the it's the it's so I'm gonna go ahead and just hit on this now and then because I it almost every time I I wrote it down because they hit me so good. But with Hype Williams's history of being a music video director, he just knows how to put images to music. Mm-hmm. So this this scene of them coming into the club with the acapella version of Back to Life by Soul to Soul, mm-hmm. it really doesn't get much better. This is this is the most iconic shot. It is the most iconic shot in the movie. It is the most well executed version of this film. A yeah. sequence of this film, should I say? The a sequence of the film. Yes. Um D- Nas and DMX and friends are walking through a club at night. I thought it was a strip club because there was girls with their titties out, but I think the party was just getting kind of wild. It was filmed at the Tunnel Nightclub in New York. Yeah. So I think it was just a club because there was a lot a mix of people in there. Yeah. A lot of ladies in there. Um, and hopefully nobody who has epilepsy. Yes. A lot of flashing lights. is a black light um, going on, and it makes... The main character's contacts glow, so their yeah. eyes have like a distinct glow, which is awesome. The music, as Marcus stated, is the acapella version of Soul of Soul to Souls, Back to Life. Um, and it stays acapella through most of this opening. They go into a bathroom and retrieve guns that were stashed, and they make their way to the top of the club. Um, they shoot a bodyguard on the way up the stairs. It's a very dark scene with dark lighting, a black light, so it's like a blue tint to it. Mm-hmm. They pull down white stocking cap or mask, which just makes it look even cooler. It's so tight. <laughs> um, this is, if you're into artsy shit or just cool looking shit, this is some real, even this shitty quality version I watched, this is some real cinematic porn right here, dog. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, they, they make their way to the top of the stairs, shoot a bodyguard, they shoot open the door, they shoot everyone inside, Shooting a woman through the window, falling onto the dance floor below, brewing a lot of people's nights. Like, just turning your fun night into a <laughs> shitty night. They grab the money off the table, and they make their escape. Yeah, so we get we get back to life, mm-hmm. and then we get back to shitty-sounding silencers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, so I was... So, so back to life is acapella until... The action starts. They kill the bodyguard on acapella when they kick in the door that they shot open. The beat drops. It adds It adds to the intensity of the scene. It's very awesome. I thought that these silencers were much better um, than the ones that we talked about in episode 13 of you watching our novel. We discussed Tenet mm-hmm. and a plot with a protagonist that goes back in time to stop World War Three from happening, which is available on all streaming platforms. If you need yeah. a link, hit us up. Listen to the podcast. Don't watch the movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert to the podcast. We didn't like it. But um, no, I thought that these silencers sounded a lot better, especially the initial shot. So after your rant, I wanted to tell you the other day I went on YouTube and listened to like a, a silenced gun. Yeah. I definitely understand your point now. Yeah. I definitely thought you were kind of being a dick, but I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's the a silencer. I feel like a silencer would let you get away with killing somebody in a nightclub it, on the top level of it. Yeah, without people really noticing. Yes, but as far as it going, pew, pew, 
No, that's not, <laughs> not the case, bro. That is not the case. Uh, but I thought this was better. I I pay attention a lot less because the rest of the scene is so tight. Okay. Um, and the only thing I wanted to jump back by, jump back to was uh the the spoken word intro. Mm-hmm. I imagine that little boy looks exactly like DMX looked when he was like eight nine years old. So in the credits, the kid is is accredited his last name is simmons so i think that might have been one of dmx's children that would make sense so i think you know because i thought he looked kind of like dmx so I was like that yeah. might be good um you got anything else on this awesome iconic opening scene okay. no nah, man let's get yeah because we can say i i'd be cool to just do the whole podcast on that scene like the scene is awesome man it is even now it was so groundbreaking guys when it came out like to the younger people or people who might not have ever watched this it was so groundbreaking and iconic when it first came out. It definitely still holds up today. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. Enough about that. Um, this is So they make their escape into a car. This is where we hear Nas as the narrator. His name is Sincere. We're introduced to Black, um, who's kind of a goofy. Mark, who's ex- who is introduced as a live wire, the kind that would do anything. And Tommy Buns. Him and Sincere are best friends. Um, he kind of gives a little background on everybody, but not too much. Mm-hmm. Um, after telling Black to ditch the car, Mark, Tommy Buns, and Sincere go to Tommy's house, which is all white and immaculate. Um, they turn on the TV, which is playing the movie Gummo, which is <laughs> the, the wildest shit, especially at that time. Like I was like... We had the. This is. I always talk about movies breaking the fourth wall. This would have been an early break for. This was a break for me back in the day because when this movie comes, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And the characters are like, "What the fuck is this?" So, um, Mark asks, "What are you watching in this house?" To which Tommy just replies, "Shit is bugged out," and walks up and starts playing pool. Um, this all the gummo also has one of my all time most quoted exchanges ever, which is this shitty ass rabbit fucking stinks. <laughs> Smells like pussy. <laughs> Smells like a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I probably say that more than any other movie lines ever. Yeah, man, I I have been familiar with where this where these scenes come from, but I didn't know anything about the movie. So I looked the movie up. Um, it was released in 1997. It's an experimental indie film that tells the story of the inhabitants of a small town in Ohio after the town was devastated by a tornado, which as I look around, like in the movie, I look around and I'm like, are these kids in a fucking junkyard? Where? Yeah. <laughs> it looks fucked up. Man. Everything about that shit is fucked. The kids, this white kids, dirty white kids. Why is he watching that? It looks fucked up. The background looks fucked up. It's like they're playing in mud. They shoot the rabbit. It's fucked up, man. Like a human <laughs> with bunny ears that call him a rabbit. Like it's just terrible. Uh, Hilarious, though. One more quick shout out. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about Mark. Mm hmm. Mark, uh, played by Hassan Johnson. Yes, Wee one of my favorites. <laughs> Wee Bay. One of, I think, both of our favorite characters from The Wire. Yeah, one of both of our favorite characters. Yes. Which, um, he also plays a live wire that would do anything. <laughs> I, he gets typecast in that role a lot. Mm-hmm. Everything that he's in, he's kind of Mark or Wee Bay. Yeah. He's good at it. He's very good at it. The One other thing... 
when Nas sits down, and I saw this, I saw this somewhere a long time ago, so not even on this watch, I noticed it though. When Nas sits down, he sits down under a painting of a black woman, mm-hmm. um, with her legs a little bit open, and it, it it's kind of to symbolize him being the heir of a black woman, like you know, she gave birth to him. Yeah, he's there. That's why that the the scene is posed like that. A lot of cool artsy shit like that that I don't really get into. I like more of the color shit that happens in the film mm-hmm. and shit like that than the symbolism, but. That was something that I thought that we would uh, point out. Can I tell you, um, you were talking about the color, the color shit. Can I Mm -hmm. tell you, as the owner of a pool table, the thought of a pool table with white felt scares the shit out of me. (laughs) Yeah. White everything should scare the shit out of us, especially because we have children. But I, as you know, I love white. I had a girl tell me that white was my signature color. Oh, shit. Um, But, yeah, like, I, I wear white shoes more than black shoes. I like white shirts. Um. I really like the contrast of everything in this house being white, but all of the characters wearing black. Mm-hmm. Very cool looking. Yeah. Okay. Um, as Tommy's playing pool after saying shit is bugged out, <laughs> Mark is kind of talking about the robbery that they just did. And he's like, shut the fuck up. You know, you don't want Keisha to come down here. And this is where we're introduced to Keisha who is fire. As I already stated, um, she she is just a beautiful piece of chocolate ass. She comes down, starts giving them shit. Sincere's uh, like I'm, you know, I'm not trying to hear this shit. I'm out of here. Yeah. Mark follows. They leave. Um, and then it cuts to Tommy in the shower. So I don't. Let me let me ask you this because I've been going back and forth. Let, let's let the listeners behind the curtains a little bit. Okay. All my notes have them as Tommy. Would it be easier if I called him Buns, or should I just keep calling him Tommy? Though? No, we can call him Tommy. You can call him. We call him whatever. We might go back and forth. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call him Tommy because um, one of the things I found out was uh, they named that character Tommy as a reference to Joe Pesci's character Tommy in Goodfellas. Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So Tommy's in the shower. He's singing the worst rendition Ever of whatever the fucking song is that he's singing. Like, it's just, it's terrible. Um, he's got a dope-ass M- shower, though. Very cool shower uh, with a TV nearby. An a MTV News clip explains a new form of heroin that is being sold in underground clubs. Um, it also says that it's being able to make its way to the U.S. probably through Jamaica and the West Indies. Mm-hmm. Setting up. Most of the movie for most, us, right? Yeah, most of the rest of the plot. Things that you missed when I was like, I didn't. I remember it, but I didn't pay it no mind as a kid. Okay. Um, being a being a more mature film watcher now, I understand how these things set up the plot. Mm-hmm. So, um, while he's in the shower and listening to this and taking note, his two way pager goes off. <laughs> another blast from the past. Um, Keisha calls the number back and talks to his side piece. Um, she explains she's 16 and she just is very annoying, very obnoxious, very arrogant. She's like, oh, Keisha, what up? Tommy, tell me everything about you. You know, how you doing? Keisha's like, what the fuck you calling him? And she's like, you fucking him? And she's like, no, I'm only 16. So I don't, he said we can't fuck it, but I've sucked his dick the night before last. <laughs> um, and she, and then she starts tough talking her. She's like, nah, like we, I've been kicking it with him since I was like 11. I'm sorry shit ain't working out for y'all. We've been having a good time. So Keisha's like, but fuck you up when I catch you. Um, 
Sincere is at home with his wife, one of the loves of my life, T-Boz, who goes by T in the movie. He says he met her in Baltimore, um, which while all people from Baltimore are Bamas, they're Bamas. <laughs> all of them. I must admit, they do have some very, very beautiful women. Okay. Now, they might get you robbed, so be safe, though. <laughs> but the the girls be looking good. Now they might also have on like some zebra print or leopard print or, or snake skin. <laughs> I just don't. Baltimore is a whole nother animal in itself. You know, like I, I we don't fuck with them. But you know the girls the girls are are high. I know a girl from Baltimore who's a smoking hot piece of ass. Ow, she's really smart too. <laughs> Shout out to you, boo. Uh, <laughs> but nah. So yeah, he says he met he met her in Baltimore when he was selling drugs with Tommy. And then this is where we get into our first juxtaposition in the movie mm-hmm. between Sin and Tommy. Keisha confronts Tommy about his side piece Kiana, while Sin, Seer, and T try to calm their child to sleep. Um, T talks to Sin Seer about getting out of the streets. Says Tommy doesn't care about him and can't be trusted. Um, Tommy. Tells Keisha he don't know no fucking Guyana. One of the one of one of the many many quotables that I would point out during this review. Hell yeah! Um, <laughs> the first one of the movie probably, and he calms her down. He fucks Keisha aggressively while Sin and T make love wholesomely. Yeah, and I thought that I thought everything from this. Keisha confronting him, slapping the walls, going crazy on him. T's like, saying, baby, like, you got to get out the streets. It's completely different, right? Yeah. Um, they're with their baby in a, play, in, a, in a tranquil state. Tommy and Keisha are in a tornado. And they end yeah. up fucking. Where they make sweet love over here. Um, I, thought that, I thought this was a really, really good juxtaposition. But also some really bad acting, in my opinion. Yeah. Which which really bothered me because it was bad when I was a kid. It was really bad now. Except DMX. I think he's pretty good in this movie. Who, but the problem... Huh? Who who was the one who stuck out to you? Keisha. Keisha's the she one who... Ter- so yeah, T-Boss was, is the one who sticks out to me. Both of them. T-Boss <laughs> is second. Keisha was like just over-exaggerated. She was overacting too much. Even with her smoking hot ass. Like I was yeah. like, come on, babe. You're doing too much. But the part... This is what really killed me i feel i don't know about her i don't know about keisha but i know about the other three people involved in this scene yeah and they're all pretty much playing themselves right why is it hard for you to play yourself (laughs) i you know i feel like if i had if i got a character that was like me i would kill it yeah so you know that's what so so uh another another peek behind the curtain when i watched this last night i actually watched it with with my son dame Mm-hmm. And uh, during this whole like first ten minutes, he said, "Why does DMX just sound like he does when he raps?" <laughs> so <laughs> further hitting on the point that like all three of these people are just playing themselves. Yeah, and th- and you know, I-, I think this is the best thing about DMX. I mean, rest in peace again. DMX wasn't a character like yeah. a rap as a rapper. That was really him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He talked like that. He rapped like that. He acted like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even when he was a fucking martial artist in, in what, Romeo Must Die or whatever the fuck, doing movies with Jet Li. Yeah, Ex- like, exit wounds. 
He still talked the same way, and I, I love that about X, man. So Drag on know. was in that movie doing karate too and shit. Yeah, so it was very. <laughs> He's doing like karate should, and parkour. Before we, we push on from this scene, I have to touch mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. So we were about sixteen when this movie came out. Okay, I think you had just turned sixteen. I was almost sixteen, but by the time it hit video, me and you were both sixteen. Yeah, we're two months apart, and I had recently dropped my v card okay when i watched this scene at 16 years old that's when i learned this is how you slay ass (laughs) (laughs) i'm watching dmx i'm not watching Nas. i don't want none of that love making shit (laughs) and for the most part my wife still reaps the benefits of this, of this DMX style ass whoop, ass beating that he's putting down. I'm gonna keep it real. Yeah, I definitely took notes on this scene as well as a youngin, and that's one of my go to positions. Like I, I, I like that one a lot. So, yeah, shouts to DMX for that as well. Thank you, X. I think Future Future has a track. He's flip over there, crawl in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So. Tommy calls Sincere at five in the morning, um, making him come outside. They take a drive and smoke a blunt. Tommy explains to Sincere about the new drug. Um, another quotable here. I call you my nigga because I got love for you. <laughs> uh, the ama- <laughs> Sorry, Tommy explains the plan to get the money. Sin says he's not in it. Um, Tommy tells him he needs to get in on this and he's starting to sound like a bitch. Yeah. They go to Mark's grandmother's house in the basement to what not what sincere refers to as get it on, count mm-hmm. the money and regroup after things they do. Um, we're introduced here to to the to the rest of the crew. There's a little sincere buns, wise and like kid that want to be like them. I really like this casting because they also one's light skin, one's dark skin. Yeah. So I like that casting. Um, Sincere is fucking with Black. He's asking what the fuck he's looking at. Black has an attitude because he didn't get the same cut as everybody else. Mm-hmm. They get a call from Knowledge, who's we're introduced to, and he is a for real grimy nigga that's too smart for his own good. Is his description given yeah. in the movie? Knowledge explains that he heard Black wanted to rob Sincere, which sets Tommy off um, with the quote. Tommy hated to be fucked with, but the only thing he hated more is when niggas try and fuck with me. Goodfellas, right? Um, Sounds no, like this actually stuck. So this casino. whole scene from the time when they get in, when they get in the car to like this whole like them, you know, counting the money up, getting it in. I was like, I was watching that shit, and I was like, man, if me and Kurt went a dirt like the dirty path, this is still us because like that's how I am. So I was trying to finish. Let me finish the scene. Yeah, go for it. So, so um, knowledge exposes the plan of Black wanting to rob Sincere. Sets Tommy off. Um, Sincere's still fucking with Black, talking shit to him. Tommy pistol whips Black, makes him strip, and then the last, the next quotables we get is, "You gonna get yours, B? You gonna get yours?" <laughs> but I, I don't want to fuck up my setup right now. We turn it around to you. I'll read it to you verbatim. Um, 
Knowledge explains that he heard that Black wants to rob Sin, which sets Tommy off. Reminds me of us. <laughs> it's exactly what I have typed here. So, yes, I, I I strongly feel like a lot of buddy movies have shades of us because of our personalities and the way that characters are written. I definitely feel if we went the street route, this would have definitely been our story. Yeah. Maybe. Now, I'm not as... Conscious as Nas was, I, it kind of annoyed me. I'm never going to Africa again. Yeah, but um, no, I definitely thought this was us. Like you know, I, you're you're more of a risk taker. You're a little more of a wild card. I'm more of a cool. Yeah, you know, let's let's do it the smooth way. Yeah, you know, let's not let's not let's not shoot anybody unless we have to. You like now? Let's just shoot it up. Like we're, yeah, they're all dead. What are blow they the say? doors off and. Take right. no prisoner. <laughs> so no, this whole and so I like this this juxtaposition. Like I feel like this is kind of would be this is our this is our fan fiction story. Yeah, and you know, life. like as as the movie progresses, and I like I once I got once I wrote that note down, I took notice of like how they interact with each other at every point in the movie, and I'm like the the only thing that I could see as different is like you and I have never had like a ball breaker relationship. Like, we just never right. really went that route. I definitely right. have people that I am, like, we just bust each other's balls and that's how we get along. But it seems like with these two, they they know how to manipulate in, manipulate each other into, you know, going along with their plan or go along with this plan. We've never really taken that route, but we we <laughs> this could definitely have been us have, have we done things differently. Yeah, 1,000%. Um, <laughs> I agree. So, a... a Turtlenecked Tommy, looking extremely dapper, goes to see Lennox, one of the hardest characters in any movie ever. And he gets the hardest track. <laughs> this groovy <laughs> ass, this groovy ass jamming. song with the horns, man. That shit is fucking. Shit is this jamming. song is crazy. Um, his house is very lavish. Here we switch and we get Tommy as the narrator, mm -hmm. giving us a backstory on Lennox. Um, he tells us about how he grew up in Jamaica, fought his way out the slums. He came to Queens. He has everything on lock. Jamaican mm -hmm. guys in Queens are kind of the wild cards out there in the streets. Um, so he sits down with Lennox. He says, I hope I'm not interrupting you. And Lennox says, you're interrupting a little bit because Jamaica is playing. Uh, he's watching the soccer game. And Tommy inquires about the drugs while Lennox adjusts the volume on the largest remote I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you agree? Okay. That's what I um, wrote, too. Biggest remote okay. I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, a huge remote. Um, another quotable here from Tommy. I'm not going back to jail. Next time the county or the state see me, it will be in the body bag. Yeah. He asks if Lennox is scared, um, to which Lennox stops him in his tracks. Yeah. And before he finishes, says, you come into my house. Don't you ever bring scared business to me. You're talking to the toughest Ross Clot Jamaica in, Jamaican in the United States of America. I run shit. I kill for nothing. And I made lots of money and deal with business. Don't bring that shit to me again. <laughs> that speech made me tighten my shit up. I was like, oh, shit, this nigga means business, dog. Like, he's the real deal. Um, it did not strike me as tough talk. It struck me as just matter of fact. Yeah. Dead facts. This wasn't tough talk. This was real talk. <laughs> this was real talk for real. What, um, one thing I wanted to point out, man, was like, so you like you get the juxtaposition between, um, you know, how sincere lives at home compared to how Tommy lives in his home. But then 
you see like as Tommy's walking through Ox's house, you see like it's just it's wetting his chops because this Ox is Ox is rich on a whole nother level. And it and it and I like that you touched on that because it, it also what it does is when they go to Tommy's house at first, Sincere talks about how nice Tommy's house is yeah. and how he hopes that he could get a house like that, right? Yeah. So it seems like Tommy's doing a little bit better right now than Sincere is. Mm-hmm. But then when we see that same juxtaposition when Tommy is walking through Lennox's house into the Watcher, we also see that there's definitely levels to this shit. Yeah. And these guys <laughs> that we thought were killing it are not. Yeah. At even, they're not even close to killing it. So um, after that speech, Buns tightens up. He apologizes to Lennox. Lennox says he'll think about cutting him in on the deal. Yeah, and that was that was the one key thing that we got from DMX while he or while we that we got from Tommy while he was narrating was that if he knew anything about Lennox, the 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 new heroin that was going to be passing through Jamaica and the West Indies, Ox would already have a line on it. Yes. So yes, sir. Um. Also, I forgot to mention this. On the MTV clip, they said that the heroin is so potent you could just rub it on your skin to get the high from it. That's crazy. How terrifying is that? That's that's crazy. Um, I'll tell you what. I used to do security at a casino, and uh, when we would get lost and found, like say like a lost and found purse, we have to go through the purse. So, you know, we call up, we call the people who watch the cameras and tell them, hey, I'm going to go through this lost and found purse. They put the camera on you to make sure you ain't pocketing nothing out of the purse. But you go through, you got to look for some sort of identification. And if if you can't find anything, you kind of make a quick note documenting everything that's in the purse. So that when the person comes back and gets the purse, they can't say, oh, well, I had this in there. Well, we got it on camera when we inventoried the purse. But you have to put on rubber gloves when you go through the purse because this particular casino had a lot of meth running through it Mm. and you go through the purse with the rubber gloves on because if you get the meth on your skin it it can it can get into your blood that way crazy shouts to (laughs) shouts to washington for being the first meth capital of america i don't care what nobody (laughs) says we grew up in that shit so you know um all right, so Keisha is back at home looking good again. She calls Tommy, who's in the car with his side piece, Kiana, mm. who sucks him off while he's on the phone with Keisha. Mm. I mm. didn't understand how Keisha couldn't hear her talking in yeah. the background, but that, you know, there's, we have really nice cell phone technology nowadays. It wasn't so great back then, 20 years, 20 plus years ago. So. 20, yeah, t- wow. 22 years this movie came out. Yeah. So <laughs> twenty three, um, almost twenty three years. <laughs> yeah. So in in on the in the conversation he um he mentions that he'll only be gone for two months. Mm-hmm. He'll be back, they'll be straight. Um then we cut to a scene which I didn't know blends into a montage. It's Lennox giving Tommy the dope. Um Sin explains he narrates that they've never been out of town with this much on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, he's reading a self improvement book, and this is where it goes into the montage. Sin is reading a self improvement book. Tommy's collecting the dope and packaging it up for the trip. Um, it cuts to Omaha, Nebraska. Knowledge is already there. They get there. The the trip has been successful. They unload. They start bagging up all their dope. Everything is great. Hustling is going great. Money mm-hmm. is coming in. Everything is good. 
Um, back to another car scene with Sin and Tommy. And Sin is ready to leave the game alone. Tommy asks if he's a homo or something. <laughs> you know what? That, that, that shit stuck out. That shit popped out to me because I never noticed he said that when I was yeah, younger man. watching this movie. And you know, the, the crazy thing is like, one, we were kids. Two, the the climate has changed so much with what is politically correct and what isn't. Yeah. Um, One of my old favorite podcasters, Tax Stone, used to bring this up a lot. Like, how many rappers would say faggot? In the 90s. Yeah. You know, and in a derogatory way, like insulting that you were less of a man. Yeah. Because you slept with other men. So it's crazy to hear this shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't think niggas would put this in a movie nowadays. Yeah. There's so much shit that like when I see it happen on screen or when I hear it, um, like when I hear it, it doesn't even raise my pulse. But if like if I'm watching an older movie and I hear faggot or if I hear retard, I'm like, oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because you oh, would get killed for that today. This is edgy. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas would kill you today. Like your shit might not come out just for that one word. So. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's, right. It's weird how that shit how that shit hits you now. Yeah. Um, Sin explains that he's reading a book that's opening his eyes to other things. Um, sounds like us here. We're introduced to Rico, a local hustler with big ass, thick ass glasses and a perm. They give him the rundown as they drive by, and he says he might have to snitch on them. Another quotable here: might have to drop a dime on them niggas. (laughs) My so my (laughs) one of my favorite experiences watching this movie for for this podcast was periodically looking over at my son's face as he watched Rico eat this banana. (laughs) (laughs) My son was so uncomfortable. Watching yeah. this dude eat this banana and purposefully getting banana on his lips, but uh, yeah, it was yeah, might, might have to drop a dime on them niggas. Uh, that's that was a big quote from back in the day, and then the other one, I don't like that shit. I don't like that shit. I don't, I don't like, like that, that shit. shit. Um, <laughs> so back to the car. Sincere, Tommy is still going in on sincere about his book. Sincere says, "When was the last time you read a book?" To which Tommy answers, "Never, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, this is us. This oh, is how we man. talk shit to and, each other, and, man. And I was just like, this is, uh, god damn, niggas really made a movie about if we would have went the other way in life. Like, mm-hmm. this is great. And I think that's probably why I enjoy their interaction so much. Um, another another quote here. Tommy blows through a red light with the cops watch, right, parked right near the light. Um, Sincere is like, yo, what's up, man? You ain't see the light was red. And here's the quote. Dick, I give a fuck about a red light. The faggot ass cops can't touch me. I'm out here smoking weed, but touchable. I'm running shit. Um, another quote that we uh, we used to throw out a lot as well. Yeah, they didn't realize how much we quoted this movie. Quote this movie a lot. A lot. There's bro. more coming. A lot more coming. <laughs> um, gets a call. Gets a call from Lennox. He needs Tommy to go to Jamaica with him. He says, "Remember, you owe me one. Um, it's time, and it's the big vacation." Mm-hmm. So Lennox and Tommy head to Kingston, Kingston, Jamaica, where Lennox lights the longest joint I have ever seen in my life <laughs> in this car ride. He explains the situation in Jamaica and how the ghetto works. Where and then as they're driving, little kids run up on the car and like show a gun to DMX, and they're like banging it on the windows. It seems like a very bone chilling. It would scare the shit out of me if I was in that car. 
It scared the fuck. It would scare the fuck out of me too. Um, Damien asked me what were the kids doing, and my interpretation of this scene was that they Ox is kind of Ox kind of comes across as like the Robin Hood of 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 Kingston. Yes, and and the kids recognized Ox, and they're running up on him trying to see if they could hold something. Yeah, and I, I felt like they were also letting them know, like, we got our guns. We will we will put the work in, like, hire us. Mm, Get mm. us on the team. We're ready. Yeah. That's how I took it. Okay. That's a good, that's a, that's a hell of a takeaway. I like it. Yeah. Um, DMX dies while smoking that incredibly large drink. <laughs> He's just coughing, dying, which, to, which Lennox says the weed will make his dick hard like a Brockweiler, and he will fuck up. Fat Jamaican pussy tonight. I'm gonna keep it real with you, bro. I've been to the islands. It wasn't Jamaica. I went to St. Lucia. Uh-huh. I don't smoke weed, but I would take a hit of that big ass joint if I could fuck some fat Jamaican pussy tonight. I'm gonna keep it real with you, bro. And straight up, them oh the Dutty wine had a nigga weak out there, boy. I'm telling you. I was like, woo, island gal, come mess with the rude boy. Shout you know, shouts to my coworker Ava, who's Jamaican, who every time she walked by I said, Ava scale, number one shot there from the big island. Boop, 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 fire, boop, fire. She gets so annoyed with me. Um, shouts to her though. T and Keisha are shopping. Keisha is worried about Tommy and she kinda can um goes to get consoled from T. But T keeps it real with her and says like he's a piece of shit. Fuck that nigga. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and she really gives some nice womanly jewels in this scene. That that is for the scene, but it still is relevant for women today. About you can't look for a man to make yourself happy. Like I'm happy with sincere because I'm already happy. Right. He adds to my happiness. And um, we haven't done this in a while, but I wanted to kind of talk about this. Right. Whenever I talk to a woman, necessarily, especially. But anybody who's kind of going through some shit in a relationship, um, I always try to get them to understand that there's going to be tough times. But if the whole thing is just a slog where you're feeling this person isn't adding to anything, it might not be the right place for you. Right. Because like you're supposed to be in your little ball of happiness and anybody who comes into your life is just supposed to add to that. Right. Now, there, there's not always going to be perfect. So there'll be some times where you aren't happy with each other. But overall, the point of that relationship is to enrich each other's lives. Right. right. And to add to it. And if you're not already established and, and happy or know what makes you happy or know what you're looking for or on the path to enlightenment to be happy, you might not be ready to be tangled up in some bullshit like that. Yeah, man, I, uh, we, we, we had a conversation about this a couple of days ago, man, you know, just talking, just talking life as an adult. Yeah, man, man, shit about life as an adult. And, um, that's one of the things that like, I've definitely fell into that trap before, um, that not even that trap, but just that trap mentality of feeling like you're thinking that you're in a relationship because you have to be in a relationship and it could really, it could really put a damper on your mentality and kind of make you kind of put you in a position that you, you don't really want to be in. Um, but I've, I've through working on myself, I've realized that like I'm married to my wife because like, I I don't feel like I have to be, I'm, I'm with my wife after 17 years because I want to be with her. 
and it right. really feels freeing and it actually it actually increases my my in the intensity the intensity of the love that I have for her right right so and I think and I really think that that's how it should be man like that's the type of love that I like to have I don't want to feel like you're loving me for any other reason than just wanting to do that right yeah yeah and 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 that is a rare thing for it to find. So everybody, not just the ladies, like everybody, you know, make sure try to try to put yourself in the right space before you go looking for that someone. Or even if you are with someone, try to instead of pouring into that relationship so much, make sure you pour into yourself as well. Get yourself right. Make sure you're feeling right. So that person can add to your happiness and you can add to their happiness. Yeah, that's the key thing, man. If you can't be happy with yourself, nobody else is going to make you happy. Yep, I agree. All right. Now that all that I, whack shit is out the way. Now that we're done with the <laughs> whack shit, let's get back to the ratchetness. Since <laughs> Snuggles in with T in the bed, um, you know, they have a nice little, I don't know what to call it. They're just snuggled up in the bed, kissing yeah. on the forehead, being just cool. Just up. Yeah. Tommy's in Jamaica smoking another super joint. Did you notice that Nas sleeps with his chain on? Did not notice. He got a big ass chain. He does. <laughs> and I was kind of looking at it, and as I'm looking at it, Dame was like, "Why is he sleeping in his big chain?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, why is he sleeping in this big ass chain?" <laughs> I feel I'm gonna keep it real. I feel like if I got a chain, I always wanted a chain. I never got one, and now I feel like I'm too old, and I still can't afford it anyway. But I feel like I was sleeping it the first night. I had, I had when I was in the military over in Germany. We went to like me and some homies went to like the Turkish, the Turkish uh, swap meet, and we definitely got. I definitely got like a thirty-six inch big ass chain with a big ass cross. Hell yeah! I had that. That shit would hang down to like my almost my belly button, which was the mm -hmm. style back then. Mm -hmm. And uh, I definitely passed out in that shit a couple of times, and it is not comfortable when you wake up. Not comfortable. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah, I can. It's all like over on. <laughs> Pulling on your side of your neck and yeah, shit. Yeah, man. Stuck under your arm. Pinching your skin and shit. Yeah. yeah it was yeah, not tight. Yeah. All right. So um, Tommy's in Jamaica smoking a super joint again. He goes to a party with Lennox. The shit is lit. Sean Paul is performing. A young Sean Paul. Young Sean Paul. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know Sean Paul was Sean Paul when this movie came out. So Yeah. Um, Lennox shows him the target for the hit. It's a guy with feathers in his head it's really yeah. weird i never understood that um but lennox is when you can't touch them right now they'll kill everyone they'll kill your mom your dad your, your kids like they'll kill everybody so um you know make it sneaky kill them and we got to get out the country hold on how you didn't understand the feathers in his head i just would like what is that was that the look that's his drip, man. You got <laughs> you supposed to be the drip master. Like everybody's I, that's drip not, is a I little just, different. Yeah, yeah. It, okay, and you're right about that because I wasn't feeling that drip at all, bro. Like that <laughs> shit. I, I didn't, you know. I just didn't understand it, dog. But you know, that's not my. Uh, it's not my culture. So maybe something else going on. You 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 mentioned that this party at Jamaica Gates was lit. This. This party would be lit if I could dance, but I can't dance. Oh yeah, cause so like, so like if you got two, if you got if you got a left and a right foot, I got two left feet. If you uh -huh. got two left feet, I got two right feet. 
I just can't, <laughs> I can't get can't on. I can't get on the dancing level at all. Yeah, well, I feel like the, the Jamaican girls, the way they was dancing, like you just kind of got to stand there. Like you ain't even really got to do a lot. Just touch on them. You know what I'm saying? Touch on them sensually while they dancing. That's how I got you my got wife. To do a lot. That's there how I got go. my wife. See? She tells my son yeah. all the time. She says, man, I'm glad you're a really good dancer. You must have got it from me because your dad is a terrible dancer. But he has a nice smile. <laughs> I can, uh, yeah, I, I can second. You are a terrible dancer. But, yeah, you know, it's real all bad. Good. It's all good, though. You know what I'm saying? I could still fuck. <laughs> I was about to say, still audition for blackbroad.com, nigga. <laughs> <Good to go. laughs> Don't need to dance for that shit. Oh, shit. All right, so we get it over. We get a voiceover of Rico snitching, calling the feds. Um, it cuts to a raid of the stash house. Uh, FBI raids it. Mark gets hit in the shootout. He jumps in the car, tries to get away, but he dies behind the wheel, crashes the car. Um, Right after knowledge calls Keisha and is going in on her, mm-hmm. asking her where Tommy is, calling her a bitch, all types of crazy shit. A Jamaican bum walks up to the Target's car, the guy with the rooster feathers in his head, asking to wash his window. So as he bends down to look at the money to give the bump to wash his window, he gets shot multiple mm-hmm. times um, yeah. with the terrible silenced gun. Back to your point. That was a bad silencer on that one. It was definitely a pew, pew, pew. I thought this one yeah. was a little better than the ones in the club. You thought it was better? Yeah. Okay. Uh, turns <laughs> out the bum was D was Tommy Buns in disguise. He made the hit, successful hit. This hit, this hit scene is tight. Yes. This is this seems Good like scene. it would be an effective hit scene. Like yeah. you have to go to, you have to go to John Wick, chapter two. To to get some effective undercover hits like this. Okay. This and was then a I good also. Hit. I really appreciated DMX's Jamaican accent. Pay for a dollar, please. <laughs> yeah, it was good, though. It was good. Like, I was like, all right. So, uh, on the screen, it says, back in New York in a terrible red font, mm-hmm. Keisha is at home, chilling, looking cute, and the FBI raids the house right before Tommy pulls up. He pulls up. He sees all the cops outside. He backs away. Um, Sin comes in the house. T confronts him about the shootout in Omaha. She's like, what's going on? He's like, I, what happened? I don't know. I lost my pager. She's like, Tommy's been calling for the last two hours, and I think he's around the corner. Mm-hmm. Cue a phone call from Tommy right then. Yeah. Sam picks up the phone. He's like, I'm around the corner. I'm coming to pick you up. Another thing that I noticed, he has on a whack-ass wig in this scene. I was not feeling that wig. You weren't feeling this one? Nah, I didn't like the, the blonde pixie wig. It, it was fucking weird. Yeah, that wig reminded me of like the... The late '90s Miami dance hall booty shake scene album covers. I was like, every booty, every booty quake mixtape in the late '90s had had one girl at least with this hairstyle on it. Yeah, that shit was wild. I wasn't feeling that. All right, so um, Tommy pulls up, gets out the car, he tells Sin that the feds hit them today. They killed Mark in Omaha. And knowledge called Keisha tipping off the feds. Mm-hmm. Tommy explains everything to Sin. Like he lays out everything that we just saw transpire. Keisha's paging him. He goes to a payphone to return Keisha's call. Um, wisely not calling from Sin's house, mm-hmm. but going to a payphone. He knows the feds have her. Um, he leaves his dope in his car with Sin. He does. He's in a bad spot now. He's on the run. He doesn't have Lenox's money. Um, he gives Sin instructions and then delivers 
what has probably been since 1998 your most hated line in a movie. Yeah, it's it's right up there. Where he says, he tells Sin, you're the only one I got in my corner. Don't cross me. And then and then Nas happily says, I got you, which like to me always rang as false. Like me and you been 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 down for down for the cause forever. A fucking quarter century. I I don't feel like I would ever need to tell you not to cross me. Yeah. And I feel like if I did tell you not to cross me, you would get offended that I even said that shit. And I always like I was kind of like, yeah, I get you. I always kind of got that. But then I was thinking about this. I was trying to juxtapose it because like this nigga's stressed out, bro. A lot's going on. Yeah. You know, he Lennox could kill him. He could get arrested by the feds. What what are they going to do to Keisha? You know, he's stressed out and he says some crazy shit. You said some crazy shit to me in stressful times before. <laughs> but I do think I probably would have took a little offense to that. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. So uh, we see knowledge is in prison. He's smoking a blunt in prison, which I thought, you know, he's a hard I, nigga. I thought it was like a self-rolled cigarette or something, but I wasn't sure. It looked like a blunt to me. OK, he call he calls his man, which is Method Man. Yeah, Method he gives Man him, plays Sh- Shamik. Shamik. Shy God? What do you call it? Shah Sha the God, a.k.a. Shamik. Um, he, he gives he gives Shamik the lowdown on Roscoe. Um, Roscoe, and then we cut to Roscoe, who's on the phone, talking shit to a girl. <laughs> Bitch, I think it's very funny. Then his man comes in, and they have a hilarious sidebar. Yeah. About somebody outside wanting to talk to him. It's a clown dude. He's shiny. Got a Rolex on. You know all of this shit. So they go outside, and it, it, we're introduced to the character Shamik is playing in Nebraska. His name is Mike Love. Another quote here: "I rose dolo from state to state." <laughs> Can a nigga get down? Get a drink? Get some bitch so, ass? <laughs> so um, Roscoe was trying to play the tough guy role. Mike Love is acting, you know, trying to pose himself as somebody interested, but that possibly couldn't be a threat because he's such a clown. Yeah. Which the, Method Man does an amazing, amazing job. Very at this good role, job here. Which made me want to pose a question. Okay. Who is the best rapper actor? Method Man? Because I feel like you know, it can only be two people. Um Obviously, Method Man is in the running. Who who would you say? Te- so this is going to be a technicality, right? It's Will okay. Smith. Oh, you're going to count that? <laughs> so that's what I'm saying, technicality. So we're going to take him out because I, I feel like he's more of an actor than a rapper. Uh, yeah. The other people are rappers that act. I would say Tupac. Hmm. I would put... I would put honestly, man, you fucking me up with this Will Smith shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we can take because like, he can definitely rap and he can really act. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and shout shouts to you saying that because a lot of motherfuckers try to front. Will Smith was rapping his ass off back in the day, dog. Oh yeah, yeah. If you think he can't rap, you go listen to Brand New Funk by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. He fucked that shit up. Let's go. Um, I think Cube. 
To me, oh, the shit. best rappers that act are either Method Man or Cube. It's Cube. It's hands down Cube. It's I don't Cube. know how I forgot Cube. Cube is easy number one. Meth is good in almost everything I've seen him in. But Cube has the rank. Cube played Doughboy. Oh, shit. Craig. <laughs> and then he played the nigga in um, Are We There Yet? With yeah. like two kids. Yeah. Like Cube, Cube got it, bro. Yeah, Cube, Cube played barbershop. Like Cube is it, dog. He he's he, he's it. It's sorry. not even close. Cube so, is the sorry. best. Cube is the best rapper actor of all time. Sorry, Cube, that I didn't even mention you in the first pass. Shame on me. Yes, Cube <laughs> got that crown. Cube wins that. Okay. And um, which one of these niggas had the best perm, dog? Because these are like yeah, these are some of the oldest perms. It's definitely Roscoe's man who has the crimps in his perm. Okay, he's that's like the one the I back. saw too. Yeah, he. But yeah, no, all these niggas' hair was laid, dog. Like this shit was luscious. I was feeling it. It's just the illest nigga in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Mike Love makes his pitch. He finally gets Roscoe to agree to go out for drinks tonight. Yeah. All right. Uh, we see Keisha in jail. And uh, and this scene isn't really much, but I, I felt the need to bring this up. We see Keisha in jail. And I don't know if you caught this. Where a weird gender bender, gender neutral guard comes to let her out. Did you see the guard? I did see that. I took a picture. I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> I, I took a picture to show you, but you saw it, so I don't need to. I'm definitely posting it on the Instagram post. Okay. <laughs> but it's a weird gender bender. Like, it's a woman, but it has, like, a full mustache. Like, yeah. Almost a goatee. Maybe it's just a really effeminate dude. So I, was, I watched part of this movie with a friend of mine. And she said, first of all, she pointed out some good things to me. She pointed the gender bender out to me. Mm-hmm. I had never seen it. Um, and then she also said she hates the character of Roscoe. Of Rico, excuse me. You're Rico. supposed to. <laughs> no, no, no. But for different reasons. She says there's no way a nigga that short with those glasses... With the perm, with the curl, with the flip out bottom uh-huh. and highlights on the top, could ever rise to that much power in any city. <laughs> and so she's from she's from Baltimore. So I was like, you know, the niggas in your city are pretty rough, you know. And, and so you, you have a high bar. Yeah. And she was like, Nah, I don't care though. Like, you know, there's no way that this type of person. And I was like, Well, I don't know because he's not playing fair. Street niggas don't play fair, but he's not even playing fair by the street rules. Like yeah. he's calling the feds. He's on calling niggas, the feds dog. on his competition. Yeah, like he's a sucker for real. And we'll get into the other sneaky shit he does. So you know, but anyway, Keisha's in jail. Um, where gender bender comes and lets her out. I don't know. Do you think this is a woman or is it a man? It looks like a woman with man facial hair, bro. I'm a a late. Uh, uh, I don't even know what to call it. A man lady, because we call like the 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 trannies in a in the Asian countries a lady boy. So is this like a man lady? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> the look on your face, the fear that I wish you guys could see. He didn't know what the fuck I was about to say. He was so concerned just now. Oh, I love I love getting to do that to you. I love it. I love it. Uh, uh... Yeah, man. I just think it's probably like if there's facial hair, maybe it was a, a fem- maybe it's a real effeminate dude. I have to see the picture again. 
I'm gonna send you the picture. I think it's a woman with a just a manly woman, bro. I'm gonna keep it real. Bearded my lady. My wife had um my wife had a boss. I won't say the actual boss's name, but every time she referred to that boss, she never said like Lisa, my boss Lisa. She said Lisa with the mustache. <laughs> Yo, she got a chill. Shorty, pull your mask up, man. Oh. All right. So, uh, yeah. So in this scene, another thing of noting, this was another strong juxtaposition because we see Keisha with no makeup on. And I felt like it really showed her natural beauty, how pretty she was juxtaposed against the gender bender. Um, he, she, prison guard. This was a good juxtaposition. <laughs> beauty and the beast style. Wanted to note that for you. <laughs> Tommy's on the run. He's in North Carolina, Oklahoma, robbing niggas. Selling drugs, whatever, to get the dough. Mm-hmm. He settles in Atlanta selling weed, and now he has the young, sincere, and buns, wise, and the kid working for him. Yeah, He's a classic street OG, and I like this. Um, sincere touches on this. He doesn't go deep into it, but I like this. He's a classic street OG who's just really taking advantage of the youth and manipulating their minds to get them to do the fucked up shit yeah. you know, that he yeah. doesn't want to do and, and taking advantage of him. I love that. Um, knowledge calls... He and Tommy have a heated exchange, and he's asking for the bell money, and Tommy's like, you are the one that got us fucked up. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, Knowledge threatens Tommy that if he doesn't get him out, it's going to be a problem. Tommy says, okay, well, suck my dick. That's your word? Suck my (laughs) dick. (laughs) (laughs) Which, in New York term, in New York, that is the worst thing a nigga can say to another dick in New York. Like... Yeah. So that's a very strong one. Um, we're back in Nebraska at the strip club. Rico and Mike Love are hanging out. Mike Love's knocking back the drinks. Rico slips something into a drink mm-hmm. that Mike Love takes. Um, as the right before the as the drug kicks in, I guess they time is kind of weird. But as the drug kicks in, Mike Love reveals that he is actually friends with Knowledge, which Rico it clicks. He tries to run, but is shot by Mike Love. He pulls out another pistol and he shoots his way out with the goons that were coming in there to get him. Yeah. Um, somehow surviving a shotgun blast from the club owner that knocks him through a glass door. Yeah. Um, then running under the influence of this drug, running across the street, shooting at cop cars. Dashing into a car with his friend or driver who's smiling in the front seat. I don't know if you saw that. The <laughs> smiling. Like, I was like, what the, come on, bro. Um, but I wanted to talk to you about this shootout because you're a gun guy. Some, some unrealistic shit pisses you off. How did he survive that shotgun blast that knocked him through a door? A vest. Is it plausible that you could get shotguns will spread though, won't they? Mm-hmm. So wouldn't he get, probably got hit in the face? No, no. So the the spread at that range, the spread isn't going to spread far enough. Like any decent shotgun at that kind of range, 10, 15, 20 feet, it's it's not going to spread more than you know maybe about eight inches. So okay. it, it could all easily fit into a torso. And and if hit a vest, it'll definitely take the wind out of you. 
and and uh fuck you up physically but you could you could definitely survive it okay the All bigger right. the bigger piece of bullshit is that it knocked him through the door the door yeah yeah i thought so too um we go back to jamaica someone is looking for pelpa uh Shouts to the music here, Sister Nancy, Bomb Bomb, one of my favorite songs ever. This is hands down my favorite reggae song ever created. Bomb Bomb by Sister well. Nancy. <laughs> Mine too. The most fire shit. I love when it's sampled. I love the actual song. It's mm-hmm. just fire. Um, he, um, the character goes to find Pelpa. He exposes that Lennox is responsible for Sosa's death, the guy with the feathers on his head. Yeah. Uh, which is a, I felt like was an homage to Scarface. Yep. Because his name was Sosa. Uh, they plot to kill him and they go get Chiquita, who is a tall Jamaican stallion. A tall drink of Jamaican rum that I would like to sip. Now, this woman, even with all the shit on her face? Yes. This is the sexiest woman in this movie. Oh, hot take. You think she's hotter than Keisha? I do. Yeah, her body is fire, bro. I, I'll <laughs> give it to you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. She's pretty. Her body's ridiculous. She's yeah. a tall chocolate thing. Yeah, I'm with that. Um, yeah, I agree. All right. Sin is still being enlightened and thinking deeply. Tommy's at a restaurant with Lakeith and Wise. Lakeith and Wise, excuse me. He's instigating an argument between the two. They pull guns on each other at the table. The patrons run out, which I really liked. Some of them do. Some of them get ducked down in their booth like they're shook. Some of them run out. A lot of them run out. Um, They argue. The kid ends up killing Wise and running off. Tommy just stays at the table, (laughs) gives him a cheers, drinks his drink, and is arrested. While being booked. Now, this is something. While being booked, Tommy gives... Sincere's information mm-hmm. asks about a spot like his girlfriend. He gives T's name. Ask about his alias. He says sincere. And I, when I first saw the movie, I wasn't exactly sure why he did that. But you, you thought he was on some snake shit. I wasn't sure. I I I didn't. I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. But back when this movie came out in nineteen ninety eight, you actually explained to me. Yeah, I remember this. You explained to me that this was to keep the information, to keep the heat off of Sincere. That's some real nigga shit right there. Which is the realest shit in this movie. And then once you told me, it made sense because, you know, if somebody snitches and says, oh, Sincere did it, you say, oh, no, we got Sincere in custody, so it's cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So, yeah, real shit here. Uh, this This is a good scene. Tommy calls in from the slammer, says he needs some help. Sin says he's not fucking with him, but I think that was kind of a way to throw the conversation off. So, you know, the cops wouldn't seem like they were really listening. He gives him instructions on to give the car to Lennox and to deliver the drug somewhere. Right? Yep. Um, Lennox is at home watching soccer and in another Scarface homage. Lennox is ransacked at his house, but he talks shit. While taking out a number of the assassins before getting his throat cut by Chiquita. He takes out Uh, all the assassins. He takes out everybody except for (laughs) Chiquita, who jumps on him from, like, the second floor, lands on him, knocks him down, slits his throat. I love his shit talk. You want romp with me? 
<laughs> on the original Jamaican Dundada and Brood Boy. I, I loved his shit talk throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Loved it. This, and I'm glad you hit on that because this, this assault is 1,000% Scarface. 1,000% from, from the assailants coming out of the shadows, approaching the mansion. Um, he's hip to the fact that dudes are coming by catching, catching it on the video feed. On his big-ass remote. <laughs> yeah, he get he grabs his automatic weapon and starts tear assing on everybody. Yes. Yes. Um, and then he's even brought down by a lone assassin from behind, just like Tony Montana was. So yes. this shit's awesome. Um, I want to ask you something. Okay. Do you know what a bumbaclot is? No. Okay, we're gonna switch roles. What do you? Oh. What do you think a bumbaclot is? If you had to guess. Um. Hmm. I feel like bumbaclot would be well. How? Okay, can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> how does he use it? I, I need murder, I murder them bumbaclots. I feel like it's pussy. Okay. I feel like Bumbacloud is Jamaican slang for pussy. Okay. Now, when I was younger, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. I put this together when I was younger. I didn't know what a Bumbacloud was. Okay. But I wanted to figure it out, and I made my own assumption. I only looked it up last night to find out that I was correct. Oh, okay. So. I I wanted to say something about pussy, right? But he also says pussy clot. He calls oh. some of as he's shooting them. He calls some of those guys pussy clots. Okay. So if I'm thinking of what a pussy clot is, I'm like, that's got to be a pussy clot. That's got to be like a tampon or something. Oh, okay. So if it's a bumba clot, maybe it's like something that goes in your ass. In your ass. Oh shit! Like an anal bead or anal plug or some shit. So I looked it up. Or suppository. Yeah, I, looked it, <laughs> I looked it up last night. It said. <laughs> Bumbaclot is used the same way Americans would use douchebag or motherfucker. Okay. And what it refers to is a dirty piece of toilet paper wedged in your ass crack. Oh my god, that's disgusting. And I fucking nailed it. Look at you. How did you? I uh, yeah. Uh, applause to you, bro. Applause to you. Good job. Oh, Good man. job. Good job. Bumbaclot. Yeah. Murdered Bumbaclot. a Bumbaclot. I like that. Yeah, this uh this so I want to touch on this too because a lot of the youngins that that we that we mess around with and play with uh play video games with and just chat with on a regular basis when shatas came out they were real heavy on shatas and as a joke like motherfuckers would just talk shatas to each other. Right. Shatas never got no play with me because I'm from the era of the original Jamaica Dandada. I was about yeah. Ox, man. Like, to Hell me, yeah. none of that shot of shit was colder than Ox. Yeah, no. Nah, Ox was a cold nigga, man. He, he Rest in peace to Ox, man. He took out everybody, you know. And Chiquita's obviously, like, the top hit woman in Jamaica. But yeah, Ox wasn't fucking around. He, you know, he... Buns ain't, Buns ain't afraid. Tommy Buns ain't afraid of the cops. Riding around with weed on him and heroin and all of that. And he was scared of Lennox, though. Yeah. He was shook from Lennox shutting him down. He was worried about not having his money. Yeah. He said, just give that nigga the bins to try to settle it. 
<laughs> Shouts shout, shout to Ox, man. For, for, I got to say one, one thing about Chiquita, though. I don't understand why she was wearing the Rey Mysterio Jr. mask. Because that was the one thing that kind of took me off. On him. <laughs> she did a luchador move. She did a luchador move on that nigga and jumped on him. But she wasn't wearing it outside when she stepped out from behind the tree. No, she was. Oh, I thought it showed like her the weird sh- shadow. Yeah, of her, but she the has the mask on though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't fucking Dude. with that, but still, she's sexy. When got she a question? Her. Got a question for you? Okay. Chiquita's the sexiest woman in this movie. Yes. Would you fuck her with that mask on if she had the mask on? <laughs> I'll fuck her if she told me to put the mask on. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You're a wild dude, bro. <laughs> you a wild okay. nigga for asking me. What the fuck? <laughs> this is a fact. I'll take that. I have no problem. I'll take that. <laughs> Sincere arrives after Lennox is killed. Um, he's going to deliver the car, but it's too late. His head is spinning because just a lot has happened in the last couple of days. So he drives around for a little bit. Then he ends up going to the projects in Queens mm-hmm. and chops it up with Little Shorty, who he says is a real loser type nigga. He's 12 going on 20. Um, Sin tries to give him some jewels, drop some knowledge on him. But Shorty uh, tells him he just got locked up. He shot a nigga on the roof. He showed him the gun that he's wearing. he has. Showed him the bulletproof vest that he's wearing. Um Shorty says, Shorty says Sincere is an ill nigga and he likes his style. As he serves a crackhead, you know, serves his work. Mm-hmm. Um, Sin leaves him with some ice in his pocket, gives him some words of encouragement, try to get him out the streets. Um, this is right out of a Nas song. Yeah, I wrote I wrote down the title. Go ahead and hit it, man. All right. So this comes straight from um, the third verse in Nas's song, One Love. Um. You guys can look it up. I'll give a. I'll read a little bit of it. Um, he said, "Nas, niggas call me busting off the roof, so I wear bulletproof and pack a black trade deuce." He inhaled so deep, shut his eyes like he was asleep. Started coughing when I peeked to watch me speak. And you know, he explains a little bit. We was chilling on these benches where he pumped his loose cracks, which we see mm-hmm. in the film. Um, I took the L when he passed it. This little bastard. He is smoking weed, passes it right to Nas, keeps me blasting, starts talking mad shit. I had to school him. Don't let niggas fool him, because when the pistol blows, the one that's murdered be the cool one. Mm-hmm. Tough luck when niggas are struck, family's fucked up. Could have caught your man, but you didn't look when you bucked up. Mistakes happen, so take heed, never bust up. In the crowd, catch him solo, make the right man bleed. Shorty's laugh was cold-blooded as he spoke so foul. Only 12 trying to tell me that he liked my style. <laughs> this is real shit, though, right? And that's exactly what's going on here. Um, then I rose, wiping the blunt ashes from my clothes. Then froze only to blow herb smoke through my nose. Told my little man that I'm a ghost side pros, which I don't know what the fuck that means. It's probably a typo. There's some jewels in the skull that he could he could sell those if he chose, so he left them with some chains in the in the uh, in the movie and in the song. Mm-hmm. Tells him keep an eye out for the cops. Um, so yeah, straight straight scene right out of a Nas song, like verbatim. 
And when did when that was on Illmatic, right? That was on Illmatic. Nas's first album came out in 1994. So that verse was came out four years before the movie did. Yeah, that's lovely how they put that in there. And lovely I want to I want to touch on how you said you know Nas is dropping jewels on him, mm-hmm. and then slides the jewels in his pocket yes. too. So he's like yes. metaphorically dropping jewels, and he's physically dropping jewels. Yeah, so I really Slick appreciated shit. that. I, love, I shit. like that. I like that. Um, so we see Tommy in jail. The guard comes and says, you're out, dickhead. <laughs> let's, him, let's him leave the prison. Now it's October in 1999. I missed the timing earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. I knew it was 1999. It says Queens, but I don't remember the month. Uh, January. So we get this this entire movie. Every time you see like a time shift, mm-hmm. it's always 1999. But this entire movie takes place in about the course of a year. Okay, so the rob- the initial robbery was in January. Yeah. Okay, so now we're in October. Um, Tommy gets out. He's living with his stepmom, shooting hoops. Um, he's approached by a white man. He's an agent. Tells us, if you help us, we'll help you. You have to go kill the minister. This sounds like some Malcolm X shit to me. 100%. Um, kill him on New Year's at a speech that he's given in Harlem. Um, Roger. This uh, this agent mm-hmm. is played by um, fuck, I forgot the guy's name, but he was also in Goodfellas. This is Billy Bats. Okay. Do you remember Billy Bats? Billy Bats gets his ass beat, right? Get your shot. Get your now get your shot fucking box. shine box. <laughs> <laughs> shout shout to my nigga Shaky who used to tell <laughs> used to tell coaches to get his shot. <laughs> Shout out to my man Shaker who used to tell Coaches to get his fucking shine box when we play Xbox. <laughs> that shit used to be my favorite shit to hear anytime we was at a party together. Yeah, man. So, um, <laughs> Sincere and T are shopping. Um, this is where he tells her about his plan to leave and go to Africa. He wants to get away from his life. Um, this is some real nah shit. And this is where me and Sincere start to deviate our paths. I'm not going to Africa. <laughs> like We can move to Florida, but I'm not going. We can move to Texas. I'm not going to Africa. Niggas don't like us there in Africa. Like, And so T's not really with the plan. He's selling it really hard. Um, she says she'll think about it. Yeah. Tommy is let me, in. Go ahead. Let me, let me just say... Um, my notes become a bit sparse because this this third act is quite fucking Looney Tunes. It, it's a lot. A lot <laughs> happens here. A whole lot happens. My notes are a lot. Your notes are sparse, so we probably get through this quickly. I'm okay. assuming. Let's 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 get it. All right. So Tommy is only in what can be described as the Nation of Islam. Um, okay, we're gonna he, we're gonna touch on that later. Okay, so he's he's learning about it. Um, Knowledge and Shamik are plotting to find Tommy. Tommy is starting to to believe in this religion that he's mm-hmm. following. T comes home. She finds Shamik and some friends in her house. She tough talks to Shamik, who's cool as a fan, uh, which made me realize he's a real killer. He was so cool. She pulls yeah. her little twenty two out. The rest of his crew pulls their guns out. He has a conversation. He says, you know... I mean, we didn't mean to scare you. We was just looking for sincere. We need to know where Tommy at, you know. But you be safe. Don't hurt nobody. Real dickhead. Real Don't dickhead. hurt nobody to somebody holding a gun on you. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and quietly leaves the house with no problem. 
Um, Tommy, Tommy has Sin meet him up in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And this is when I just finally got fed up and I had to make a point of it. Everybody looks really fucking greasy in this movie, bro. Like they're shiny. <laughs> and it pissed me off. Like when when they show knowledge calling from jail, he's greasy as fuck. Hella greasy. Keisha, when we first see her, is greasy as fuck. Yeah. And I just chalked that up to her being dark skinned. You know, I'm I'm of the darker complexion. We need a lot of moisture. You know what I'm saying? The ash shows up for real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I was just, oh, okay. She was just she got out the shower. She did a little facial treatment. She's laying in the bed, you know what I'm saying? Get all moisturized, waiting to fuck her man and shit. But as the movie goes on, like DMX is or Tommy Buns is greasy. We don't really see sincerity ever really greasy. But like But they're light skinned. Yeah, they're light skinned, so maybe that's why. But knowledge is knowledge is darker. He's greasy. Like everybody that if you get an extreme close up on anybody, they're greasy, and I don't like that shit. I caught it. In the be- so if we if we rewind a little bit to the beginning, when when Keisha confronts Tommy about the pager, uh-huh. and she smacks the wall, uh-huh. she leaves a greasy handprint on the really fucking- <laughs> yeah bro. So this is this is probably one of my favorite podcasts because I own the movie, so I can just go watch this shit right like as soon as we're finished and go see it. <laughs> but the quality so bad, I might not be able to see it. Yeah, you might not make it out. Yeah, so. Um, no, Nas, Nas Sincere is very greasy in this in this scene as well. Yeah. So I I, <laughs> I kind of Googled that, right? And they said that Hype did that on purpose um, because he wanted to symbolize where he thought hip-hop was going, which was very shiny. Shiny and plastic. Very flashy. Yeah, yeah. Which it did. It so absolutely did. Visionary Hype there. Um, but anyway... So, sincere is like you know I, I don't, I don't know what's going on. You know what's up with you, mm-hmm. and I, I just put he. So I'm not sure. I fuck my notes up. I'm not sure if he says Tommy says that he called Mark. Yeah, sincere. I think Tommy, Tommy said he that. called Mark. Tommy said that he called Mark, but Mark is dead. Tommy told sincere that Mark was dead. Yeah. So I plot hole, you know they bad yeah. writing. Okay. Yeah, first first um, time director. Yeah, I was confused, but I was like, okay. But Tommy's turned over a new leaf, and he's preaching to Sin. Uh, Sin's a little flabbergasted by it. There's some bad acting here, mainly on Nas's part. DMX wasn't too strong in this part because I think this was a big departure from who he really is. Yeah, Nas so was this terrible. This here. was a lot of hard acting with with DMX. And this is when I noticed, I was like, damn, this nigga's like licking his lips after every line. <laughs> I was like, he's just trying. He wasn't doing this in any other scenes in the movie. Yeah, but he it was goes, trying it goes hard. exactly to what you were saying. Like, this is him not being who DMX is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Sin tells Tommy he's going to Africa. Tommy's pretty shocked, but he's happy for him and he gives him his love and his blessing. Um, he also gives him his bins as a gift. Mm-hmm. And here, is like where we actually see their friendship without it being like a Tommy trying to peer pressure sincere into something or sincere telling him he's bugging. This yeah. is like a real heart to heart moment, and I felt like there was no chemistry there. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. 
<laughs> and even even some of the other scenes, like I felt like the chemistry was off, but it was understandable because like I know how it is like when and I don't want to always put Tommy on you. Because I could be Tommy in our in our friendship as well sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So like when either one of us goes on the rant that the other one isn't trying to hear yeah. at that moment, it can kind of <laughs> be like that. So I was like, okay, I gave it a pass. But in this moment, I do have a friend that I've been through everything with. Yeah. And when we have this type of conversation, the chemistry, the reaction, the body language is way different than what I saw on this screen. Yeah, yeah. This was really flat. Yeah, so it, this scene kind of fell flat to me, but, you know. Um, the, F, the FBI or CIA agent, we don't know which agency they work for, but they're driving Tommy to the minister. Uh, says you need to plant the dope in the minister's room. Also tells Tommy not to get a brain on this. Make, make it sure messy. That the, make it messy. Make sure the minister doesn't give the speech. And then he says, you're my nigga, man. You're my mm-hmm. nigga. And I think that really that sat wrong with Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think uh, it's one of those double entendre type deals, man. Yeah, like absolutely. Like Roger was trying to relate like, you know, you're my guy. I'm counting on you. But mm-hmm. at that point in his life, Tommy is seeing it as like, I'm really your nigga. Like I'm your slave yeah. doing what you tell me to do. Yeah. One of the one of the best. It's small, but one of the best pieces of writing in the movie. Mm hmm. In my opinion. Um, Sink gets home and he walks in the door and automatically pulls his gun out for some reason. I thought that was weird. There's no sign of danger. Like, there's nothing weird going on in this house. But he walks in and pulls his hammer out. Like, it's weird. But anyway, um, he calls out to T. She tells him I'm right here. She tells him about the goons. She's very shaken. Um, he wants to he wants to go get revenge on them, but she asks him, please no. Let's just get the fuck out of here and go to Africa. He's mm-hmm. like, all right, bet. So sends at the barbershop. He's explaining the plan. <laughs> and uh, the biggest takeaway from the barbers are that he stopped smoking weed. Not that he wants to go to Africa. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that he stopped smoking weed. Because they're like, no, like, we get you wanting to go to Africa, but you stopped smoking weed, nigga? Like, why we? <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, he, he goes outside the shop and he runs into AZ. Yeah. Uh, one uh, a rapper that you that you enjoy great. I was a huge fan of AZ when I was younger. Yeah. That's hey, uh, that Do or Die. That was one of my favorite albums when I was younger. Had Sugar Hill on it. It did. A- AZ was Classic. a really, really, really good rapper. Actually, might have out rapped Nas. He was Nas's only guest appearance on Illmatic, mm-hmm. and might have out rapped him on that verse. Fucked it up. I'll have to. I'll up. have to go back and listen to that track. Fire. Um, but so while they're talking, <laughs> Az, whose name I don't is it's in the credits, but I don't know his name for real. Um, he sees the danger approaching. He's mm-hmm. holding his baby, he's talking, and then he sees the danger approaching, and he's like, "All right, I'm out." <laughs> and he just kind of <laughs> leaves, like, um, and that's where like uh, I was listening for it. So I mentioned Taxstone earlier. He's one of my favorite podcasts. He's locked up. But he used to always say, be safe, though. And he said he got that from that scene because AZ sees the danger coming. He dashed Nas. He thought he said, be safe, though. But he yeah. knows that you're about to get shot. Right? <laughs> so he would say that all the time. I thought that was very funny. He does not say it in this scene, which disappointed me. But still, you know, shouts to my man Taxi's locked up and shit for some fuck shit. You know. But always funny 
So I say that a lot. I don't know if you ever recall. I say that a lot. Like, be safe, yeah. though. Yeah. I hashtag it a lot, too. So, <laughs> um, so he turns around to see Black, who puts his arm around... Who puts his arm around Sin and then's like, remember that basement shit? He pulls a gun and he tries to shoot him. Mm-hmm. Sin is able to fight him off, kill him, shoot his associate. The one of his barbers comes out the barber shop and like is trying to help him assist Sin in the shootout, which I thought was dope. Yeah, the his barber actually gets a shot off. Yeah, like you know, that's a good ass barber. My barber, shout out to my barber. Who would get a shot off? Now he's a cop, <laughs> so it's a little different. But like he, he would get a shot off, man. And uh, and and he, there's been many a times where he, you know, we had to leave out together. He made sure I got in my car okay because he he would crop a nigga if need be. So shouts to my barber, shout to that barber, shout to my barber. <laughs> you know what's funny is like like shout out to my barber too. Um, my barber used to have a spot in the hood. Uh-huh. And like when I'm when I watched this scene, when I watched this scene, it I, it caught me that like Nas gets up out the chair and his piece is just right there, and nobody and was, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody says shit, and it got me thinking. Yeah. I was like, man, if my barber still had the spot in Skyway, I could do that same thing. I could get up out the chair with my pistol right there, and nobody would say shit. But now mm-hmm. he's over in like Bellevue in the mall. And that will be niggas will start yelling out active shooter and all sorts of stupid shit. Shooter, shooter, call the police. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you gotta be careful. Um so he fights him off, he takes a shot in the leg, he makes it home to T, where she is extremely cool for the wifey of a nigga who just got shot and comes in bleeding. Um he explains the whole situation. Black tried to shoot me, shot me in the leg, I fought him off, I killed him. He mm-hmm. tells his wife, so I'm not a street guy. I know a lot of street guys. And I know a lot of the codes of the streets. And one thing I do know, niggas don't talk about, niggas, even the loudest mouth niggas, don't talk about when they kill somebody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I thought that this was very interesting that he tells her, I killed him. I killed the nigga that shot me, but okay. But anyway, he says, I don't give a fuck. We still going to Africa. Like, we out of here. It's pre nine eleven. You could probably get on the plane. You could probably get on the plane with a bullet hole in your leg back then. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck. (laughs) You know what though? uh, To touch on to touch on what you like. So this is like I said. This third act is Looney Tunes. Um, Street shit is street shit. Okay, he shoots two niggas outside the barber shop and just dips on out. All right, gives his barber the gun. Gives his barber the gun and then and then he just dips out. and then he goes home with the bullet in his leg and then is like, all right, we're going to Africa. I was like, this shit's a little, this shit is a little wonky, man. Yeah, it um, gets really fast and lose. I think, I think they're newly bumping up against the time limit. Um, but going back to what you said, I think if I was a street nigga into some street shit, I think I would tell my wife. Like I would, I would call you and tell you on my way home. Yo, these niggas tried to rush me. One of them shot at me. I just killed. I killed. I just killed a nigga. Maybe two. I'm. I'm headed home now. I'll let you. I'll hit you again when I get there. Yeah. And then when I got home, I would probably immediately tell Jessica what just happened. Oh, but that's like, fair. you two would like if I was on some street shit and I'm not doing what I would normally do. Um, I would definitely tell y'all too. 
but I, w- I wouldn't say shit else to nobody else. I feel like you you dropped a gun off at my house, which I would gladly accept and hide for you. I learned a brand new hiding spot from the wire. I'm throwing shit down the storm drain. <laughs> great, great, great shit from the wire there. Um, but yeah, you know, I I think I I didn't take this as literal. I thought that he was going to you know get treated when his leg healed up enough. Mm-hmm. He would get on. They would get on the plane and go to Africa. But yeah, shit is shit is flying around pretty fast and loose here. Um, I agree. So during New Year's, knowledge calls Shamik. He says he's going to be locked up for a while. He got hit with some joints. He gives Keisha's address to Shamik and says uh, Shamik says he's going to go see her and bring that and bring Tommy out of hiding. Mm-hmm. Tommy's trying to compose himself before confronting the minister and doing the job, but he seems a little nervous. Um, a sermon is taking place. Tommy's able to to weasel his way into the minister's private room on some solid snake shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the minister is there waiting for him. Doesn't look to, doesn't turn around to see him. And when he pulls a gun on them, he the minister starts talking to him. He says, "I was waiting for you. I knew you would be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's why I had my security detail leave." I want to talk to you. I only need five minutes. They won't be back for 15, so don't yeah. worry. Will you give me the five minutes? This. <laughs> yeah, I know that was a long pause because I don't really Good. know. This was weird. This was completely different at 16 than it is at 38. Yeah. This is completely different with all the social justice issues going on in the mm-hmm. world. This speech actually really touched me. Yeah. It really it really hit home right now. Being an old nigga now, yeah. it really hit home, bro. And I, I was like, this, okay. I always thought this, like, I was glad that you said it was, because when I was a kid, I was like, the end of that, like, the, the whole third last third of that movie is trash bro (laughs) everything about the last third of this movie is trash and i still don't really feel too differently from that Mm -hmm. and this speech was especially trash to me but as an old man an older man a middle-aged man damn near yeah um no this was this speech was really good so he gives the speech um keisha's at home chilling Looking fine as hell. Shamik sneaks in the house, snuffs her, knocks her through a glass table, beats her while asking where Tommy is. She's able to fight him off, beats him up pretty bad with an ashtray, mm-hmm. gets his gun off of him, shoots him in the face. The minister is giving this speech, and the minister is talking about, you know, think about they're trying to they're trying to kill us, they're trying to kill the black man. Uh think about life and how easily you've taken it and taken it for granted think about the black woman mm-hmm. our most precious commodity that we that we shit on all the time um think about the youth that they're they're getting us to kill ourselves and each other with the drugs and the guns and all of these things it's unprotected sex all of this shit and th- while he's making his points another great piece of cinematography in my mind as he's making his speech it cuts away to things that we've seen in the movies that hit mm-hmm. the movie that hits on everything that he's saying. They're selling drugs and he sees 
the, the selling drugs in Omaha and Shorty on the bench selling drugs and yeah. killing him, him killing the guy in Jamaica and Mark getting shot by the feds and all of this shit. And it's like flashbacks of Tommy's life and the movie. The security a detail comes back. The minister tells them to stop, turns around to Tommy and asks him if he's ready to choose life, which he does, cryingly hugging the minister. They take the gun from Tommy. New Year's happens. We hear Sin say he made it to Africa. Wow, yo, I made it to <laughs> Africa. It was beautiful. All of us together doing everything. I guess I'm not need to tell you how hot it is, but it's hot. I don't know. Niggas ain't really wearing deodorant like that. <laughs> the food is fucked up. I don't usually eat this shit, but I'm adjusting. Tea is good. I don't know what happened to my man. You don't know what happened to my man because they left the movie open-ended, done. What love. <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. That was the end of the movie. Yeah, the it, it it becomes the year 2000 and the world falls apart for Y2K. There you go. Boom. Doesn't matter. You went through all that shit. You chose the minister. You chose to go to Africa. The world ends because of Y2K. And now, now you're living in Mad Max. Yeah. It's a wrap. So the, the book of Eli. <laughs> One of those dystopian futures. Did all that shit for nothing, my nigga. All right, so that's the end of the movie, man. <clears throat> end of the movie. Um, multiple times we've referenced how these two remind us of each other. Yeah. And our friendship. And it might not even be with me, but do you have any dope anecdotes about this movie? Man, this... So, I mean... One of them is one of them is how one of them is how relatable their relationship is to my relationship with you. Um, but you touched on it earlier, man, like we we've come to know some real do dirt niggas. Yes. Uh, so a lot of this shit, <laughs> a lot of this shit, watching them get into shit, watching some of the some of the good like niggas like I've known niggas like black. Just goofy dudes who get butt hurt and try and do something stupid and end up paying for it. Um, I've known motherfuckers like Mark, <laughs> mm-hmm. just bad live wires who you gotta, you gotta, if you, <laughs> you know, some of them will give you the heads up when they about to do something, but some yeah. of them don't, and you just gotta know when to vacate. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're gonna get pulled into some shit too. But. Um, yeah, man. Anecdotally, this this movie this movie strikes strikes home on on a lot of things. Um, I'm glad you pulled up the minister's speech um, because I felt the same thing. I felt the same thing. Like hearing when I was 16 watching this, um, I was like, "Come on, come on, Tommy, pop that, pop him, pop him, and walk, <laughs> get away free." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> get away <Yeah>. free. <laughs> But as I as I watch it as an adult with with kids, especially with like a young fucking teenage black kid, man, um, it's important to me that he hears that shit and that he yeah. actually takes, you know, takes something away from it. Um, I was happy that like when the movie was over, he asked like, 
I just don't understand why they call it belly. Mm-hmm. You want to touch on that? What'd you think? I, I thought it was because they're in the belly of the beast. I thought it was the belly of the beast too, but another thing, so I've always thought it was the belly of the beast, right? Like mm-hmm. these, these are, these are young black men who are just thrown into the struggle, trying to figure out how to, how to make their way through it by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. But on this watch through as an older person, uh, they're always hungry. They're always hungry for mm. more. Tommy, Tommy is like consistently hungry for more money, more power. And sincere is hungry for more knowledge of self. And so peace. like they're empty bellies and then they're in the belly of the beast. It was it was a couple different ways. So this movie was a lot deeper than I remember it being when I was young. Yeah. This movie definitely hits different being older now. Like, yeah. Uh, and, and I think with all the issues going on in the world, like it definitely hit me a few times. Like even even just the I didn't. And it's crazy because, like, it shows you even as a child, right? Like, I've always been so pro-black, so into being black and understanding and having that knowledge, but not fully understanding that what the if, what the ramifications are of him killing the minister. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But now I get it, though. You know what I'm saying? And it, yeah. it's like it's a huge thing. So, no, I I agree with you, man. Um, my anecdote for this movie would be. I kind of feel like we we would be sincere in Tommy. I'm sincere, you're Tommy. But I feel like we had a black, ugly Steven. <laughs> I feel like ugly Steven was black in our crew because uh, yeah. he was the driver. He could drive and he was a clown. And then uh, my man Jonathan would be Mark. He's a little John, bit of a lot of black. John is definitely Mark. John is definitely Mark. So, um, and that was my man. You know what I'm saying? So I, I felt like we were part of that. There, it was definitely. So you never, you never had to get on Stephen about me because Stephen already knew what time it was. But there was definitely a time where like you kind of instigated Stephen, and he thought that he could fuck with me. And the tables turned on him real quick. Luckily for him, I had mercy on his soul because I saw what was going on. <laughs> but he tried to, like, you got him hyped up. And he tried to step to me and, like, sw- actually swung on me, to which I caught his arm. I don't know if you remember this. No. He swung on me. I just sidestepped him. Like, I coolly sidestepped him, like, gently. Like, I sidestepped him, grabbed him, like, a little on the forearm, a little below the elbow, and just used his momentum to push him into a brick wall. <laughs> he hit his face and shit, and I was like, I was like, you keep listening to him, you gonna get hurt. And he, and he, and he kind of left it alone after that. But um, no, I think the I think the anecdote is just kind of like uh, it's just like you know, you've been caught up in situations where you might have done some shit, not necessarily illegal, but just some shit that I didn't understand why you would do. Sure, but I, but but. Very much so, like, when shit all got crazy and Tommy had nowhere to run to, the first place he went was to sin. Yeah. And I feel like that that's a perfect analogy for our friendship because no matter what happens, I always expect the first place you to go to is to me. Yeah. And if I need to stash the drugs, if I need to help <laughs> you get rid of the body, or if we just need to have a real fucking grown man conversation. 
yeah. about what what's going on in our feelings and what's going on in our lives at the time. Like, I, you know, I that's the part of of the of the story that gets overlooked by everything else. I think that it's so all the action in the movie and all mm-hmm. the funny things that we hit on and all the quotes and shit, right? But like, even with him saying that shit to sincere at the at the very core of this movie is their undying love and friendship that they have for each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, not to get all gay on it, but you know, niggas need the, a best friend though for me. This is a fact, dog. So yeah. Niggas need a best friend. This is a fact. I love you, man. Oh, look at that. I love you too, bro. <laughs> I wish I could give you a hug, give you a virtual <laughs> hug. Send you some flowers tomorrow. Oh shit. All right. So um yeah, that's it. So um before we get before we really no, well, I think this is gonna come up. So let me just go ahead and and, and jump the gun on it. Because I think this is gonna come up. Marcus. Yeah. We just watched 1998's Belly, re- released on November 4th, 1998. Stars DMX, rest in peace. Nas, one of the best rappers ever, in my opinion. Um, with a lot of the black beauties in it and Hype Williams' directorial debut. If given the opportunity to see this film again, Marcus, are you watching or not? Nah. Nah. I'm oh, not watching. oh, no. <laughs> no, okay. I'm not watching. I'm not watching again. Um and I'll I'll preface that by by saying this. Uh when I finished watching this movie last night with my son, I asked him, I said, Damien, you watching or not? Nah? And he said, Yeah, I'm watching. Okay. Right? He rated this movie as an 8.5 and stated that it is a movie that he could fall asleep to. Okay. To which that's I said, good material. to which I said, hmm, that's exactly how I felt about this movie when I was 16 through the age of like 21. Okay. And I have not watched this movie again since the age of 21. Okay. And now that I'm watching this movie again at the age of 38, the acting is terrible. Yes. The, the quality of the film the quality of the film when watching it today is terrible um there are a lot of really great there's a lot of really great subject matter in this movie um the third act is terrible terrible but this movie's just not as good as a man as it was when i was a child yes yes um so no, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not watching this again. It, it's a really it was a really enjoyable movie. I feel like if you've never seen it, it definitely deserves one watch. But no, I, I, I've I've had my fun with Belly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kurt, you watching Belly again or not? Yes, oh, but shit. with the asterisk. Yeah, okay. but with the asterisk. Okay. Um, the asterisk is it needs to, the quality needs to be updated. They need to remaster it. So if you got like a UHD, if it, if they did a, re, a UHD remaster, even just a Blu-ray, it don't even just be UHD. <laughs> but this shit that I just watched was like, I I have better images on my Motorola Razor flip phone back in the day. Like this was terrible. Um, but no, I thought that. So I I didn't watch this movie a lot when it came out. 
I'm not a guy that watches movies a whole lot anyway after I watch them once, usually. So I never watch this movie a whole lot. I don't have a lot of time with this movie like you probably do, right? But um, I'm really into cinematography as I've gotten older. Yeah. I really like some of the shots that he did, the use of color in this movie, um, the contrasting colors. We spoke about it at the beginning in the all-white house with the black outfits, mm-hmm. um, the iconic opening scene. I think it would look great in HD or 4K. If we could get it there, it would be amazing. HDR, the colors would pop. Like, it would Man, be crazy. That's one thing I noticed. Um, sorry to jump in on your on your conclusion. No, no. But to, to further elaborate on that, like, if they had, like, an HDR remaster of this or some way to watch it um, with an updated resolution, the scene... The opening scene would be incredible. The scene at uh, Tommy's house would be incredible. But the one that really hit me with a lot of contrast and color that would be awesome was uh, Tommy and Ox at the party in Jamaica. Yes, yes, because there's a lot of colors there. They use they use objects. And I was going to touch on that. I'm glad you went there. They use objects within the party to provide to create ambient lighting. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's, like, a guy using a flare or, like, blowing fire. I can't tell what it was because it was dark as fuck. But it creates a red flare around it and it lights up the extras' faces in red. Contrast yeah. with the blue background that the light is providing, the black light is providing. So, a lot of use of black light in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of blues. There's a lot of reds. The contrast of colors. I like. Um, I like how something I also noticed is the colors are kind of fitting to the person's how do i say the person's uh mental state Mm -hmm. during the time yeah so like if you think about it um when at the beginning of the movie things are kind of lighter and that's why they go to tommy's house where it's white everything is white but as um as the scenes go on you know a lot of times when Tommy and Sin are in the car together, even in Nebraska, things are going okay, but they're in treachery. So the scene is darker. It's daytime, yeah. but it's a darker scene. Yeah, At yeah. The, towards the end, when Sin and T are out shopping, it's a very vibrant scene. It's daytime. His Range Rover's white. He has a red Echo bubble goose on. That's mm-hmm. very vibrant. Um, so I, when Keisha is finally kind of getting a reprieve, Tommy has been out of her life for we don't know how long now. She's there. She's in her apartment watching TV. She has on colorful clothing. When we see yeah. Keisha before, when she's dealing with Tommy, she's wearing dark clothing most of the time. So I like that. I liked all of that shit. It's, it's a little artsy, but not over the top. I'm trying to be artsy. You yeah, know? yeah. And so that's why I appreciate it. That's why I would love to give this another watch with an updated resolution. If I have to watch it on this DVD again... I will not watch this shit. <laughs> I will not. But I, I really like the visuals of it. I really like... Um, the writing wasn't as bad as I thought. But the acting... Is, I will agree with you. The acting is fucking awful. The third act is worse. The third part of that movie, the, the third act of the movie, is worse than the actual acting, which I didn't <laughs> think was possible. Um, the, you know, some of the... Just some of the choices, you know, some of the writing was bad. Some of the things that they do were bad. But overall, not a bad movie. Better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's that's that was, that was my thing, too. Is like this, rewatching this was more enlightening than I thought. Like, I was expecting just to get a little bit of fun out of it. Right. But, like, 
like we like we've said numerous times watching it as an adult um with a little bit of life experience under your belt like i picked up a lot of the more subtle things yeah that that really enriched my 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 watching experience yeah 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 i agree so yeah it's a very dark movie like just visually so it showed up like shit there's a lot of details that i missed that i would like to see because i'm you know we know now being older we know how much work goes into the small details in the movies right like you saw the handprint that i did not see on the wall (laughs) um all this other shit you know so i would love to see this remastered i don't it was poorly it got poor reviews and it's poorly received it's gone on to kind of get like a, a hood movie cult following yeah but I don't think that it would generate enough revenue for them to do that. I would love yeah, for I, somebody to do that, though. Yeah, I looked. It, it got 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. 16%, man. IMDb gave it a 6.2 out of 10. Oof. But it was some very bad acting, man. <laughs> it was some bad acting. It was bad acting. Bad, bad the acting. plot's a little shaky in spots. So I yeah. I can go with a sixteen percent, but or not six the sixty. What did you say six point two out of ten? Six point two, yeah. But sixteen percent felt like a yeah. little disrespectful. Yeah, it's a little racist, <laughs> there, I'm sure. So you know, all right, man. Um, belly was belly was good though. This was a solid pick on your point. I'm glad that you weren't on probation anymore. <laughs> I was gonna say did that <laughs> that redeemed me coming out of probation. I think that redeemed you coming out of probation. Okay, cool. Yeah, man. So, you know, don't forget all you guys. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate y'all's continued support. Um, check us out on Instagram at you watching podcast mm-hmm. uh, and hit up our Facebook page. The uh, you watching or not podcast page. OK. Um, and we'll be back pretty soon. I am. I think I'm solid on my next pick, man. I'm okay. ready to reveal it. You ready? I'm following in your footsteps. Following in your footsteps. Okay. You inspired me last time. So <laughs> my next pick will be a movie that I've talked to you about numerous times. I've mentioned it, but I haven't given anything away. And I know okay. you haven't seen it. Um, my next pick will be The Gentleman. Okay. Starring Matthew McConaughey. And your man, what's your man's name? Jack's from, uh, oh, Jack's um, from, uh, Sons Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam, Matthew McConaughey, and Charlie Hunnam. Um, and I'm I'm really interested. I'm really excited for you to watch it, and I'm really interested to see your take on it in the record. So I am equally excited to watch it because we've talked about it a couple of times. You like you've you've brought it up as knowing you wanted to have it as one of your picks a couple of times. And I know absolutely nothing about the movie. So I'm going to go in 100 percent cold and I'm going to keep it real with you, bro. And I'm sorry to extend this out on y'all, but I'm going to keep it real with you. This is kind of a safe pick. I'm not sure if you're going to like it. But what I do know is that even if you don't like it, you'll like it more than Tenet. And you'll like it more than I like Hereditary. So, <laughs> you know, I think that I, I think that this is a good, a, a, a safe pick. It's but no, I, I I think that this is going to be a good episode as well. Like it's a good it's a good movie for us to discuss. So. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. 
All right. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much everything. We appreciate you guys for listening. Shout out to all of our listeners. Shout out to everybody who's who's sharing and inquiring and asking me for the links and stuff like that. We appreciate all you guys continue support more than you could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, We got one movie recommendation. I guess. Yeah. Special request next week. So but so keep them coming, guys. Like we're we're more excited about the request than any movie that we'll pick. We want to interact with you guys. So if you feel like there's a movie that you would like us to talk about, it might be your favorite movie, might be a movie that you hated and you think it would be funny to hear us talk shit about it. (laughs) Whatever you want to do, you know, but please, please feel free to engage with us. But thank you guys again for even listening and supporting and sharing. We appreciate that. Um, And that's all I got, man. This has been you watching or not. I'm Kurt. I'm Marcus. And we'll catch y'all next time. Take care.